Welcome to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, associate producer and Starista's creative copy manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges of the market, but also have a little fun along the way. In this episode, Vincent and AJ catch up with Louise Pritchard, CMO at Shopee. She goes in-depth about the ever-changing challenges of the grocery industry and how Shopee works to foster a seamless shopping journey. She also offers up her experience with the obstacles and wins that come with being a woman in tech. AJ takes a couple of naps and Vincent runs out of dad shirts. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, it's me, Vincent Petrofessa, the Vice President of B2B Products here at Starista. So that must mean one thing. It's another episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for all the love you have been sending us. Thank you so much for all of our listeners. This is crazy. We started this back in March, and I think like three people listened to us. One of them, not even my wife. She's a really big support. But all of you have listened, you know, over 46,000. Hopefully by the time this comes out, it's even more. So thank you for listening to Starista's The Marketing Stir. Starista, who are we, right? We are an identity marketing company. We have our own business data, own consumer data. We help companies send us your first party data. We will enrich it, model it, find you new customers, email marketing, programmatic, CTV, OTT, direct mail. We have our own uh, DSP adster. We have it all. Email me, vincent at starista.com. That is how confident I am. You can email me. I just gave you my email address. That's crazy. I know. Also, what's also crazy, this next guy, you know, he's a crazy guy, you know, well, not really anymore. Those are younger days, but you know, he is the CEO of Starista. He is my co-host. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on, AJ? Hey, Vincent, did they run out of dad shirts? They did. I know. I uh, had no dad shirt today. I, uh, oh, it's a cashmere sweater. Look how fancy I am here in New York City. Yeah. It was on sale at J. Crew. Shout out to J. Crew, 40% off. But yeah, no. A little bit of a New York look there. Yeah, the, with the cashmere sweater, it is. It's, uh, I've gone bougie. You see what uh, you know, over 46,000 listeners has done to me? It's crazy. How are you, sir? What's good with you? I'm doing well. I actually had a uh, relaxing, peaceful week, so uh, it was uh, it was good. Didn't do a whole lot. Managed to nap both Saturday and Sunday, so it's always a good weekend. I think the the listeners have been you know keen to your naps, AJ. You're known as the napper, and hey, you know they're what? jealous. It's the, it's the key to success. A nap. You heard it here first. You know, that is amazing. You know, the other key to success, see what I did there? I'm becoming a really good host. Is the other, you know, the other key to success are our guests. That's our key to success here at the Marketing Stir. And we have got a great one today. I'm very excited to talk to her because I've already spoken to her. And she is fun, she is knowledgeable, and she is you know, doing some amazing work in an industry that you'd want to hear about because it could really help you, our listeners. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the CMO of Shopee, Louise Pritchard. What's going on, Louise? How are yeah. you? <laughs> Good morning from Virginia. 
I love it. Good morning. Look at that energy. She's matching uh, the energy on the show. I love it. Louise, how's everything? I haven't spoken to you in a while. It's been great. Um, you know, running a startup is like drinking from a fire hose, mm -hmm. but it's all good. It's exciting. Keeps your brain working. And I'm excited to talk to y'all. We are excited that you are here. Louise, for the listeners, please talk to us about Shopee and as well as your role within the organization. Sure, thanks. Um, I am the CMO, Chief Marketing Officer of Shopee. And Shopee is a SaaS software that brings digital meal planning to grocers e-commerce platforms. Our whole idea with our B2B software is to help retain clients, build loyalty at the grocery level and build bigger baskets. And then also give a platform, a new platform for CPGs and food brands to be able to get their products in front of grocers at the micro moment that they're making their shopping decisions. There are a lot of BSCs out there, but ours is a B2B and we really focus at that grocery level. Now, also, I just want to talk about, you know, that what you're doing is, is very important. I mean, it's, talk to me when Shopee started, because I feel like this in 2020, it was even more needed than it's been. Talk to me about when the company started and talk to me about, you know, the first few years. Let me tell you, tell you about our journey. So we've only been in business about a year and a half, but the journey started before that. Both Katie Hotz, our CEO, and I were working moms and trying to figure out what's for dinner. You know, at four o'clock, five o'clock, you're coming home. Katie was in Chicago, uh, riding the train home, trying to figure out what she was gonna cook her kids for dinner. And for me, I, you know, working all day, running out to a field hockey or a soccer game going, oh my God, you know, and you didn't want to take your kids to the grocery store at that time of night. That was just insane. So you ended up going, you know, Taco Tuesday, Pizza Wednesday, and you're going, wait, this is not all that healthy. How can we do this better? What can we do to take the pain point out of this um, planning process? So at, Katie actually built the wireframes for this software as she was sketching it out on one of her train trips home. And uh, she started the process and came to me um, about a year and a half ago and said, hey, would you be interested in joining me in this process? And I said, let's make it happen. So we really uh, bootstrapped it, built it, um, brought it to fruition uh, now. And uh, we just are in uh, contract negotiations for our first contract. Uh, so it's really exciting times. It really, um, and then with COVID hitting, you know, people were getting used to the idea of shopping online. But there was a huge cart abandonment rate. Prior to COVID, there was about a 74 to 80% cart abandonment rate when you use things like Instacart or some of those because you had to do all your planning ahead of time. Um, I mean, you know, whoever was responsible for uh, cooking and shopping in the home had to sit down on Sunday with all their cookbooks or recipes and say, okay, here's my list of things I need to get. And then go onto the platform and go hunt and peck and find all those things. And people got frustrated and quit. Then COVID hit. And then there was a rush of people trying to find online shopping. And um, you know they were switching around just to find anybody that could deliver products to them. So it really, nothing was changing. It, the pain points were even worse because you'd have an order that didn't 
fit what you had ordered and didn't get filled. And now as things are settling down, people are still shopping online more than ever before, but they're looking to put their shopping dollars at somebody that's gonna help them uh, make life easier. And that's where Shopee comes in. We actually take that pain point out of your journey because we provide you with recipe inspiration. And also it is within the shopping journey. Right now there are some B2B, B2Cs out there where you can go out and find a recipe and then you can maybe choose one, one of three stores you could get it at and you don't know, it's not a connection with the grocer. At the grocer level, they have recipes on their website, but it's not in the shopper journey. So with ours, you go in through your grocer, you go through, uh, click a bot that says plan your meals. You go in, you get recipe inspiration. It puts everything in your cart. You need to make those recipes. But when you check out, you still have the ability to get your toilet paper, your paper towels, um, cat food, whatever it is you need. So it's a seamless shopping journey. And that's not out there right now. And Luis, how did you get into marketing in the first place? Wow, I've been in marketing um, ever since I was in college. I, uh, funny story, I started out in the home ec school back in the day thinking I was gonna go into fashion merchandising and they told me I was gonna have to take organic chemistry. And I said, I'm out of here. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> said, me too. No I'm way. like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I took one of those career aptitude tests. And they said, you could be a nurse or go into PR and communications. I said, well, I don't like blood, so that's not gonna work. So I went to the business school at Auburn University and really loved it. it had some great professors. Um, I will say all except my quantitative analysis professor, but um, I had great professors that had real world experience and I fell in love with it. Um, I just have been in marketing ever since I graduated in various roles. Um, everything from working at a children's hospital. Um, I was with AT&T Southern Bell for many years. Um, and then I went with Holiday and Worldwide and became director of marketing for uh, their global brand. And then I went with Fortune Magazine. So it's just been, you know, I've always said uh, good marketing is really being a, um, naturally observant about the world around you. And it is cross industry. It is not industry specific. You can take those learnings and apply them to just about any industry if you're really observant. Did that answer your question? Yeah, no, especially marketing is uh, you know, ever changing right now with the pandemic going on. Has that affected uh, you and your business at all? Well, yeah, I think it, it affects all of us. We're fortunate enough to be in an industry that it actually helped us, but we had to pivot with our um, messaging. Before uh, we were using fire up your online sales, well, during the pandemic, they didn't need to fire up their online sales. Um, now it's uh, grocery shopping evolved because now it is an evolved process. It's not ever gonna go back to the way it was. And so it's ever changing. So um, absolutely, I think you have to be able to pivot, again, using um, uh, your observing skills to really watch the market and what's um, working within that. Louise, what did you do at the Children's Hospital and, and what did you enjoy most about that experience? Wow, that's probably my favorite job ever. 
I was director of marketing for Eggleston Children's Hospital. And I think what really was unique about that job is that when you went to the hospital and you had these young children um, who are going through chemo, they may have had to have a, a leg amputated, and they still have big smiles on their faces. Um, they had little carts and little go-karts that they could run around, but somehow they found joy in every day. And to me, that is a huge life lesson for all of us. When we hit tough times and things are going tough, you can look outside and say, wow, that is the bluest sky I've seen today. And that's still find a little joy in your day. And I think that's why that had such a big impact on me. Mm. I did things like PSAs for them on you know, childhood poisoning. I actually started uh, a campaign that spread about uh, connecting people who sold bicycles with wearing bicycle helmets because that's about the time that came. And so we created hang tags that went on every bicycle that was sold at Target in our local area to remind people to buy their bicycle helmet. And now it's a everyday thing that people yeah, wear bicycle helmets, but it saved a lot of brain injuries for young children. Hmm. That was very uh, impactful. Yeah, no, that, that is impactful. And it's, uh, you know, and you said, you know, you know, it brings a smile to your face. Even the children have a smile to their face. It's, uh, I'm a big donator to the, you know, St. Jude's Children's Hospital. And it's, it's things like that, where obviously there's a crazy time going, or going on right now, the pandemic, but, you know, you, you donate there, you see the, those commercials and you're like, oh, you know what? There's things that, uh, there's other issues out there. Right. There's other problems. So um, also, I wanted to dive into I know that just from reading about your work, you've been a big advocate for, you know, women in technology. Mm -hmm. Talk to me, Louise, about what is the situation in, in kind of the, uh, the you would say, I guess, the grocery, the food and beverage industry and right. yeah. women in that field. Right. Well, women in tech, I mean, we need to encourage more young women with STEM and things like that. Uh, and also being entrepreneurs, women uh, in the past aren't natural risk takers. I would say maybe because I grew up with an entrepreneur father and two bro older brothers taking risks became a little more uh, natural to me. But technology, we still need to get women feel, feeling confident to do that. The grocery store industry Believe it or not, only 50% of grocers before COVID were even online shopping. If, you know, I, I know that sounds big guys, obviously, but 50% not. And most of them um, are not owned by women. And it's a really easy sell for us when we talk to women about what we do because they get it. So we, had the, we have the challenge of uh, not a lot of women tech, not a lot of women on the grocery side, and with investors. Um, most investors, angel investors, are men. And even though there are so-called women's uh, groups that invest in women, it's still, uh, it's still small and far between. And I, I'm hoping that as we push through this and become successful, we can be role models to other women to take the risk to become entrepreneurs and push in there and get your funding and go in areas that are not... Um, natural feeling for them. Uh, I have been kind of a trailblazer all my life and, and my previous consulting really worked with women entrepreneurs to help them find their voice. I'm very passionate. I want to make clear, 
I do not see myself as a victim. I think the best way to do this is go out there and be the best at what you do. And that resonates with people. And we just need to encourage more women to take that risk and be risk takers. And Luis, you know, yes. you have had a pretty great career so far. What's kind of one or two lessons that uh, you can give to people who are just getting into marketing or the things you have picked up over the years? Sure. Um, I think the number one thing is to be a good listener. We actually have a sales uh, process now. We talk about having our first call being our listening call. Because when you're building marketing uh, strategies and tactics, if you don't know what your customer is thinking, what the benefit sell is to them of what you're selling and how you can help them meet their goals, you're talking at them. You're not providing anything that's going to help them get where they want. And so I think absolutely number one, and listen, I had to learn this myself because those of us who are in sales and marketing, we really don't have a problem talking. We have more of a problem listening. And I've had to learn that over, over the years, but I truly believe if you can find out how you can help that customer win their day, then it's an easy sell and, and creating marketing strategy. And the other one is, um, don't be afraid to fail. I always, I am a uh, executive partner of the MBA school at William & Mary. And a lot of people think they need to get their dream job right out of school. I said, you know what? If you go into sales first and you know what your customer is thinking, you're more valuable to the company as you move up into marketing. Because a marketing strategy without a connection to the customer is worthless. You're just throwing spaghetti at the wall. And uh, sometimes we do things in isolation and you know, we need everybody from the truck driver to the boardroom together to really have truly valuable brand messaging. So I think that's the two things that I would say. And when you're interviewing people to work for you, what are some of the key qualities uh, or questions that you ask them uh, to decide whether they're going to be a good fit for your team? Well, uh, one of my favorite ones is to always ask, tell me something about you that I wouldn't see on your resume. Because that tells me a lot about the person they are. Um, you know, that stumps them because if you're just going to tell me you're a creative person, you like people, that doesn't tell me anything about you. And I'll give an example. I was working with um, a young MBA student and I said, tell me something that not on your resume and she was stumbling and I happened to see somewhere that she was um, an equestrian and I said tell me this how many times were you thrown off a horse and she's and she was a very quiet person she was an introvert and I she said oh my gosh I can't count that high and she, I said how many times did you get back on that horse she goes every time I said, that right there tells me more about you than anything I see on your resume. The tenacity and the willing to, to keep on coming at it again, even when you get throw off. And that goes back to that fear of failure I just talked about, don't be afraid to fail. Um, that told me more about her. So in her 30 second elevator pitch, she can tell that story and that's gonna stick with somebody. So that is one, I really, think resumes are almost, you got to have them, but 
uh, I need to know things about you. I don't need to know that you're a 4.0 student. Well, quite frankly, for me, that means nothing. Uh, I want to know, are you tenacious? What is your work ethic? Um, are you organized? Um, what are your creative thinking processes? So I tend to ask questions that are gonna go in that direction. Louise, the, what are some of the strategies for 2021? For Shopee, what you know, implementing you know new services, new products. Uh, to talk to me about some of those plans. Sure, it's interesting. We just had a retreat um, of our executives, and we really looked forward. And um, something I think that we have uh, really honed in on. Uh, we are focusing on the um, e-commerce providers for the middle market grocery stores. Sometimes we can get distracted. And should we be this or we should be that? And we are staying very focused on being a software company, a SaaS software company that is going to be helping mid-market uh, e-commerce platforms. When I say that, they are big grocery stores that have are vertically integrated. They have their own internal uh, e-commerce platforms, but there are several e-commerce companies out there that work with mid-sized grocery store chains. So our focus is to stay focused on that, integrate a new e-commerce platform every quarter, and um, bring in brands who sponsor recipes. Now, when we talk about our software, we, you know, you have, you start out with a proof of concept, and then you build, you know, 1.5, 2.0, 2.5, and we are already down the road thinking about what those new things are going to be within our platform. Using AI to, for instance, to um, know your pantry. If you're a consistent shopper with that grocery store, we'll know that you have olive oil still in your pantry, that you bought it last week. So we don't need to suggest that you buy olive oil for this recipe. So we will be using more AI as our proof of concept gets um, consolidated. Um, we also um, are going to be building out our data dashboard, our data that we would have available to our CPGs and our grocers will be very valuable. So we'll be building out our data dashboard with um, conversion versus a corollary. Sorry about that. Um, um, when you make uh, correlated data, excuse me, get that out there. <laughs> yeah, we will. Yeah, it's good. But and and also i think right now it's it's so needed you know right? people are at home people are cooking more they they need a solution you know really easy if i can go to an online grocer point and click on what i want a recipe you know someone like myself who loves to cook i think i think that's great and also for people who really don't know how to cook it's an easy way to kind of uh, get all the ingredients you're looking for. So I love the idea. Well, one point to that, uh, one thing that really differentiates us is we use more of a Pinterest Instagram approach. We will have food bloggers who will be providing um, uh, chef tips and video eventually, as, as, as you were talking about in 2021, we'll be adding video. But this is, right now, if you go online to any site that provides uh, recipe to cart we're not recipe to cart but we have that as part of our offering is that it looks like times square not no offense to times square no. 
but it's billboards everywhere, right? And this is not that. It's a beautiful, we eat with uh, um, our eyes, right? We want a beautiful experience. So for someone who loves to cook, you can go in and search by protein, 17 different dietary uh, categories. You can do it by recipe type and you'll see beautiful photography that will be there for you to feast upon. And that really helps you want to decide what you're going to eat versus just, oh, here, you know, do this. And also, you know, you mentioned uh, Katie. And, yes. uh, you know, at one point, did, did you used to work with Katie? Did, how did you meet her? Did you used to mentor her? Talk to me about that. Yeah, right. So um, I've been a mentor. To Katie is our CEO. Um, and I've been her mentor for 20 years. I helped her get her first job out of college. So it's really fun to bring my uh, working experience and hers. She was a data marketer with a major uh, international company. And so uh, I know her well. We've worked extremely well together. We also have a CTO and some other people that work with us. But um, it, it's been a great marriage of different talents. And I think that's, uh, we get along extremely well, but we also have different talents. And so that really is a, I think, a recipe for success. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, yep. <laughs> maybe pun intended. You pun intended, perfect, <laughs> I love right. it. <laughs> so as a uh, startup in, the, in this industry, what do you think some of your biggest impediments are going to be or obstacles that you need to overcome? Um, I really felt like at first we were trying to go in at the grocer level and we learned from experience now that we need to focus on being a software company that, that integrates first with the e-commerce platforms. So uh, as I mentioned before, I think with a startup, it's like chasing the shiny object and sometimes you can get very distracted on which direction you want to go. And I think um, staying focused and that is really important. Um, obstacles funding, I think, is always an obstacle for a startup. Um, we are based out of Charlotte, North Carolina, and we started an incubator down here. We actually work out of the Davison College. They call it the Hurt Hub, um, which is an entrepreneurial tech hub there. But it's still a challenge to find funding. And um, we are finishing up a seed round right now. Again, we've been bootstrapped up into this point and uh, don't plan to try to get, have to raise too much money. But I think for any entrepreneur, that sucks a lot of time out of your day. And um, it's not always productive time, but you just have to cut, keep on putting information out there and trying to find people. Our first three investors were doctors because they really felt like there was a health benefit to be a, people being able to plan their meals better. And they jumped on right away. But it, I think that is probably one of the biggest challenges is staying focused, true to what you want to be and raising funds. Very true. Uh, and here's one kind of a fun question. What's a, what's a marketing pet peeve of yours? Something that uh, other companies do that, uh, drives you completely crazy hmm. or it could be a personal pet peeve too <laughs> <laughs> one is not following through when you say you are that is probably my pet peeve um you know 
if you ask for information, I send it to you and then you, you know, don't get back to me. I'm one of those people that feel like you need to get back with somebody with no more than 48 hours after they've, and I really try to do that. Um, the other pet peeve, I think on LinkedIn is if I get a message and it says Louise P, I know it's, they don't have my last name and it's that means it's automated and I'm going, you don't take the time to write me a note, forget it, you know. Um, I will take the risk, I will take calls or, um, you know, accept somebody's invitation if they're creative, even if it's not in a field that I think I can use right now. I also do try to, you know, if I'm not interested, I'll say thank you. I'm just not interested right now. And, uh, but I would say lack of response to things. Um, if you say you're going to meet a deadline, meet your deadline. And that's really um, annoying. And, and that actually, you know, leads us somewhat into the, we always ask the question here on the marketing stir. It's become our signature question. It's the, the LinkedIn question. So it's kind of, you said it there, and, or maybe you want to elaborate as well, Louise, it's what message on LinkedIn gets, right. you know, gets you to say, you know what, I'm interested. Let's set up a call, a meeting or, or what just really bugs you. You know, I, I take it some of the, you know, lack of personalization, anything else. Right. And I think right now there's so many of those uh, companies out there that automate your LinkedIn for you. You know, they'll keep on sending you LinkedIn. And now I kind of get, I know what they're doing and that kind of is annoying. If you want to get to me, um, and you think you really have something, know something about my company. This don't go co copy and paste um, out of my bio or the company profile, the exact same words. Just like I said earlier, tell me how you're going to, you're, the benefit sell. Give me a little tidbit of how your company in a creative way might be able to help me meet my goals. And, um, you know, it may not be a service that I need, but be a little creative. I'd rather them not put a note in at all and let me decide than to do something that's just canned. Yeah. Well, yeah, someone will pay. I see you were, you were founded in 2019. I know that year. It's like, wait, what? Like, what kind of, <laughs> right. what is that? Throw in something about Auburn. Throw in the, the yes. football program. They've been national champions. Cam Newton, throw something Don't mention the last football game because it was terrible. But don't that's mention, okay. Don't I'm mention that. I'm a Auburn War Eagles. So if you mention something about, like, you know, I go and look where people went to school or – um, what they majored in. So when I have conversations with people, we can have this, you know, personalize yeah. it a little bit. I think that's uh, key. I agree. I got one message and I, I shared it with the, you know, my, my sales team. Cause the person, remember that one, AJ, it was like, uh, go gophers. You know, I'm just kidding. I saw that you went there. I was like, uh, I actually went and they said, I actually went to a different school. First of all, I didn't go to, my mascot wasn't the gopher. I, we never even, I didn't even see a gopher on campus. I don't even know what this person was talking about. I went to State University in New York at Oswego. Our, it was like, I think the Lakers was our, it was way off. So it's like, is that a canned response where they're trying to still, it didn't get my, it got my attention, but not in the right way. Right. I didn't respond back, but yeah. anyway. Uh, Another thing we ask about the marketing uh, on the marketing stir here is we get specific into marketing and some of the tactics that you have used or, or plan on using. 
is it an account-based marketing approach, Louise? Is it, you, you know, you mentioned some of the targets there, but what methods are you using at Shopee? Yeah, so that's a good, that's a great question. Um, it depends on what phase we're in, right? During, um, right before COVID hit, uh, you know, we're getting right, ready to launch our funding and all that kind of stuff. We don't have, didn't have any money. But we went, uh, Progressive Grocer came to us and said, oh, we have a special thing. So we took advantage of free publicity. We wrote, we write articles, uh, especially our CEO. I put her out about there most of the time. And we uh, write articles that we share on LinkedIn or with other trade publications. And I can tell you, um, we've had some recently on the Shelby report uh, that Katie and I have written together and we get tons of inbound leads when those are into industry pubs. So I think uh, taking advantage, especially of the startup, of free publicity. Um, we're getting ready to launch our exclusive early access program for CPGs uh, this week at a conference called Shop Talk. Um, so I have used LinkedIn a great deal so you have to sign up for meetings and things like that. It's all virtual. So I've literally gone on and sent a message to every person that I'm having a meeting with that's on LinkedIn and tell them that I'm looking forward to having our conversation. That way, I know something about them. They know something about me before the conversation is ever had. So I think using tools like that, um, even Instagram and Facebook have their places depending on what business you're in. Um, Instagram is more instant. Um, you need to have good photography. Facebook is used to tell more of a story. It's there longer. So we've used that. I'll be using email a lot, but as a startup, we just don't have deep pockets to um, be using. So we have to be judicious about where we spend our money. We go to conferences now virtually. Uh, but they have to be very worthy of our time and our effort to spend that kind of money. So I'll be using a lot of emails uh, here this next week to um, send out this early access program. What's been kind of a highlight of your career, something you're really proud of? Uh, this is going to sound kind of funny. There are two things. One is I have three uh, beautiful, smart daughters, and they've all um, gone into marketing in some form or fashion. One's medical, one works for an MNFL team, and one is um, industrial design, which, um, if you know anything about that, uses really a great uh, progression of um, design and marketing to do those products. So I would say uh, that I'm most proud of that. Um, Gosh, you know, I've really had a lot of wonderful opportunities in my career. It's hard to pick one. Um, but I guess I started a program for Holiday Inn Worldwide, which was uh, the official hotel for Family Fun um, and Kids Eat Free. And I don't know if y'all remember where in the world is Carmen San Diego. Yep. We did a big marketing program around that, and it was all in North America. And it was this huge success. And we had a, a geography learning program where we developed cards, a travel card game that you would get when you checked into the hotels that taught geography. And I think being able to combine marketing with learning, something that 
not many of us learn anymore about geography and our capitals and things like that. I would say I was really proud of that, that particular program that I developed for the hotel brand. And what's, uh, you know, kind of, what have you been doing personally in the last uh, six months or so outside of work that's kept <laughs> you busy? And uh, I'm guessing you're probably a little bit quarantined like the rest of us as well. Right. I feel like it's, you know, I get up, I work out religiously almost every day. I think that's really important to your mental state, especially during quarantine. Um, I feel like it's rent, get up, rinse, repeat. So I work out, I work. And then I find, try to find something to entertain myself. Um, I'm by myself, so entertain myself uh, from five to whenever I go to bed. Uh, you know, if I'm like, y'all are like me, you're on technology all day long, so you kind of need that disconnect. So I try to find things to disconnect. I'm a gardener. I love working in my garden all different seasons, so that's kind of a solace, and I'm also a biker. So I'm really fortunate to have the Capitol Trail right outside my neighborhood here in Virginia. It goes from the colonial capital to Richmond, and I can get on there and just take off and ride and listen to good music. And um, so distractions, I would say. Um, doing a little more baking than I normally would. So I, I don't eat it, so I bake it, and then I give it away to my friends. <laughs> ah. Okay, you, you couldn't live in New York City? Come on. That's a... a <laughs> I love baked goods. That uh, that would be great, you know. Uh, Louise, the you know any books, any t you know that that you've read over you know your oh, career yeah. that you'd recommend to people? Any uh, documentaries um, that that you've been uh, you know watching during this time? Yeah. You know, our listeners, uh, they listen to that. They know they they take advice from our guests and they well, tell I us, hey, I've read that book here. that Joe recommended. Yeah, so um, a book that I read at the beginning of COVID was about from the founders of Netflix. They said it could work, and I think that is an excellent book for people who are going to start um, a startup to read. Uh, I think it's fabulous. It was a great, I listened to it on Audible um, when I was driving places, loved it, fantastic book. Another book, Women Who Fly, it's about the WASP. That was the Women Air Service Program. Oh. Uh, very interesting. These women to me, I, I wish I could sit down and have a conversation. Pre-Pearl uh, Harbor, women were sent to um, the islands, Hawaiian Islands, to train Army pilots. We didn't have the Air Force back then, so they trained Army pilots, and they were actually in the skies uh, uh, around Hawaii when the invasion happened. And so it is a fabulous, it's a historic fiction, but it really talks about, there are about 1,100 of these women and they were never accepted as a true uh, branch of the services. So they were the test pilots when planes were um, fixed out in Arizona or new planes, they were the one that tested them. And if they were to die doing what they do and their family and friends had to pay to have their bodies shipped home. So I think that story, <coughs> excuse me, is, and I went, it encouraged me to go watch videos of these women being uh, interviewed. And it stuck with me. They said, find something you're passionate about, do it, and then just go do it. None of them had chips on their shoulders. They were not going, woe is me, life is not fair. 
they volunteered during this time, knowing it was very risky. Several of them were college graduates. Some of them were crop dusters in the South because they had to do those things when the men went to war, but they were awesome. And I think it's a very encouraging story for anybody to read. Um, they were finally acknowledged um, by, I think starting with Barry Goldberg, uh, Goldwater and then and Obama, um, acknowledged them as a branch of the service, but it's an inspiring story. So anything about them, I think I would definitely encourage people to um, uh, read. And then not business, but a fun podcast. Um, my uh, friend and uh, he was an editor at Fortune Magazine, Joan Nacera, has a great podcast said The Strength Next Door. Um, have you listened to that one? No, uh, I like the name. That's, yeah, well, it's uh, based in New York City, so uh, in the Hamptons, so you might get it. And I just finished one called Over My Dead Body, uh, which was another very interesting. I try to find these things to entertain myself when I'm uh, driving. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so the, the shrink next door. I like that. I like the shrink next door. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, a lot of people, I feel like podcasts have been really becoming popular. Just, just people want to, you know, listen to them in the background or listen to them where they're driving. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big uh, audible book yep. fan. So, oh, great. Yeah. So thank you for that, you know, yeah. advice for our listeners there. And Louise, I didn't ask, but how do you like the startup world? You've worked at large organizations in the past. What's different? What do you like about it? Well, the, yes, I work for large corporations, but I ran divisions within large corporations. So you had to have an entrepreneurial spirit to even do that. So um, whether it was with Fortune Magazine, where I had a territory and um, I had certain goals to meet and I had to figure out how to do that. It's not that dissimilar, um, but I also grew up in an entrepreneurial household. Well, it's feast or famine when you go that. So I knew the perils of it, but I think it comes naturally to me. Um, at this stage in my career, I'm loving it. Um, it's, it's you have to be a jack of all trades and you know not proficient at anything at this point because you have to step in and do whatever it takes. It's fun learning a lot about things that I didn't know about, uh, more of the financing side. And you got, you know, you, you find advisors who really do want to help you along the way, like I've helped others. So it's really a um, neat environment to be in. So uh, yes, it's different, but it's energizing at the same time. I can't imagine what COVID would have been like if I didn't have it, because we have not stopped one iota during this time and has kept us very busy. And I love doing these kind of podcasts and others to help other people because when I fade away in the next uh, version of my career, that's really where I want to spend my time is helping um, other women and men, um, you know, with their entrepreneurial journey. And Luis, one final question for you. So you've worked from home for a long time. For most of us, this is a pretty new experience. So, you know, how has that been for you? What are some kind of tips and advice to keep, keep kind of the mental sanity? Right. Well, it's funny. I've been working from home since 1996. So I really have been doing a long time. I mean, my house is the most wired house 
you can never imagine with that Fortune magazine, I had a T1 line coming in and now everything's bright Bluetooth. So um, I think you have to get up away from your desk a couple of times a day, go walk outside, go smell fresh air, um, find something that takes your minds off. Because I think it's, especially of those of us in marketing, we miss that interaction with people because when we ideate, we feed off each other. When I used to be in rooms with uh, students and trying to get them to, to come up with strategies and things where we were working on, they had their computers open. I'd tell them to close their computer, get a whiteboard and start doing some ideation. And I think it stifles us a bit in marketing um, when we can't feed off uh, that. So we have to find our inspiration other ways. If it's just taking a walk in nature or getting fresh air or doing something like baking that takes your mind off of it, I find that I become more creative and think of answers to my pressing questions when I step away from it. So I think that's really important because there's no water cooler talk. Nobody's taking lunch breaks and we tend to work longer hours doing this. I mean, there are, there are no barriers anymore. I get emails at 10 o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, all weekend long. And you do have to, to you really have to take naps like you do to shut it off. Um, <laughs> otherwise we'd be working 24 seven and we have that drive that sometimes we feel like we always have to answer and we don't. And I think we have to set up those. So those, those would be my suggestions. Nice. Well, thank you, Louise. This has been the, our time on The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for sharing information about Shopee, advice for female entrepreneurs especially. We appreciate all the work you're doing there and all the work that Shopee is doing. That is Louise Pritchard. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we're glad to have you. You know, Louise Pritchard from Shopee, the CMO. I am Vincent Petrofessa. That He's awake, he's not napping. AJ Gupta, our CEO here. This has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening and watching on YouTube. We hope to see you soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at info at themarketingstir.com. Thanks for listening.